Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by sports dietitian Corinna Coffin. Corinna and I had a great conversation diving into the fuel needs for performance, both from a bird's eye view and taking it down to a smaller vantage point. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Corinna, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Hey, Brianne. Thank you. I'm excited to be on. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I came across you, your name, who you are um, from the Reinforced Running Podcast, and I just felt what you had to talk about is super important for people to hear. We're going to go a little different direction than what you did on there, um, but I love, like, I feel like your background and everything is... Um, kind of parallels mine quite a bit, especially kind of coming out of high school and knowing what you wanted to do for, to, for the most point and everything. Um, and then that brought you all to where you are today. So before we can dive into um, the actual topics, let's just talk about you a little bit. Who are you? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Loaded question. But um, yeah, I think there's so many. I mean, I am so grateful for all the, the different experiences I've had, you know, over my past, gosh, almost 29 years now. And so it's just, it's cool to see the direction that my life has, has taken and looking back all the different things and people and organizations that have helped, um, get me here and and shape me into the person I am. So, um, gosh, in terms of who I am now, I am, um, I am a registered dietitian and athlete and, just someone who has a lot of love for life and fitness and health and nutrition and loving, you know, our loving ourselves and finding, you know, our capabilities and pushing ourselves to our limits and being uncomfortable and finding joy in some of those moments of discomfort and leaning into that. Um, and I'm someone who loves a good challenge. So I guess that's in a nutshell, some of the things maybe about who I am. I think the loves a good challenge kind of sums up everything you're involved in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are um, a CrossFit athlete, an obstacle course racer. You are now doing a lot of the tactical games and that sort of thing. How has what you've done as an athlete really like reinforce what you're doing as a dietitian with your athletes? Yeah, I think this is, this has been a journey that I've been on personally. And so I'm at a point where I just, I, um, can relate to a lot of the athletes that I help on the nutrition front. But for me, like getting into nutrition was really kind of a a selfish pursuit at first for me, because I, I was a a multi-sport athlete and, the thought of studying something that could be so applicable to myself in the nutrition field of like, how, how, how do I eat better for health? And then later that became for performance. But, you know, these are all things that I was curious about for my um, own application. And then, um, you know, I went to Virginia tech and there was a, a major that was human nutrition, food, and exercise. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Like sign me up. <laughs> I remember just running through the list of, I had gotten accepted into, uh, accepted to Virginia tech and I had no clue what I really like. I knew what I was interested in, but I didn't know like what I wanted to major. in. so I scanned that list and like that totally stuck out to me. I was like, yes, that is a hundred percent what I want to, the area I want to go into. 
And, um, and so, yeah, at first I, you know, I was playing club lacrosse. I got into club triathlon. I discovered obstacle course racing and CrossFit, like all in that four year period of, uh, of college. And so, a lot of those four years were taking what I was learning from the textbooks and in my classes, nutrition wise, and learning to apply it personally throughout these different, um, endeavors with, with athletics. And so I definitely had <laughs> some really embarrassing, um, moments where, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, that was a terrible nutrition strategy, or that was a very, that, you know, I, I think, one of, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I just, um, I just got my specialty certification in, um, or I passed my specialty exam in, um, sports dietetics. So I am technically am a sports dietitian now and there's specific cr- criteria for that, but I think it's so important that, you know, even as a registered dietitian, that doesn't mean, you know, you can have a very, um, a very good understanding and, and knowledge of nutrition for general health and wellness, but, you know, to cater to athletes and the increased demands, nutrition demands and needs, um, for individuals who are, you know, training for something specifically and, and have, um, a much greater expenditure throughout their day through exercise. Like that's, that's definitely a different area and it, and it requires additional, um, considerations and knowledge. And so, um, I look back to my initial schooling that was just like general nutrition. And I was applying, uh, trying to apply a lot of those principles to myself as an athlete when I really needed more sports specific nutrition application to those scenarios. And so looking back, I can't, I can't help but cut myself a little bit of slack because I didn't know, you know, the sports nutrition side of, of, um, some of those nutrition concepts. And so it, it looks different, but, um, yeah, definitely, applied and had a lot of failed, failed application or failed attempts for certain things. I think back to like my first world championship race for the Spartan race world championship in 2014. And I, my fueling strategy was atrocious. And I came in second in that event by like two, a little over two minutes. And it was a four and a half hour long ordeal. And so I just, I, I, oh, I can't help but think about my, you know, if I had adopted a different, a better fueling plan or just a fueling plan, how different that outcome could have been. So, um, that's one of the things I always reminisce on. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny to look back. Cause I mean, I've been a physical therapist now for 16 years, I think. And just thinking like what I used to do and what I do now, (laughs) I'm just like, wow. (laughs) Like, yeah, so many things that I was like, why? Like, I understand. It's like, we all have to start somewhere. We learn things over the years, but yeah, some of the things was like, just, wow. I think it, you have a, a, a greater sense of appreciation for like how far you've come in those moments. You're like, okay, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna be too hard on myself then, but I'm just very grateful for what I know now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, let's dive into your story a little bit deeper. When... Once you got done with your sports dietetics, started kind of really learning, or even in the process of that, really started learning like the differences between sports and just being healthy and nutrition just for a general well-being. What are some of the big differences that you started to notice, you know, in or changes they started making yourself, or just things that you really like, wow, like I need to start doing this with my athletes? Yeah, I think the an awareness of just how much fuel we need to support 
um, an, a very active lifestyle and training regimen is, is something that I had to experience kind of firsthand in my own fueling strategies, but then also with all the clients I work with, or I'd say for the majority of the clients I work with under fueling is a huge common theme. And so it's really, it's helping my athletes understand, you know, what, what their needs and what their fueling requirements are, but then also helping them to feel what that's like and never wanting to go back to where they were beforehand because they just realized, wow, this is how I can feel like. And I have, I have all the control of that in terms of, you know, the, what I prepare and put into my body. Um, and then, but, but I think until you can experience that sometimes it's really hard to know, you know, what you're capable of achieving athletically when you have the right nutrition on hand. And so I, I, I'd say just in a very general sense, under fueling is probably one of the, the biggest things I see. And it's, and, and it's hard because I think there's so much nowadays, there's so much, you know, there's so much aesthetics involved in, in, um, in sport and people thinking they should look a certain way, um, in order to perform a certain way. And there's no, you know, that's, it's very little correlation with, you know, how you look and your, whether you a six pack or not, and your ability to, to perform or run fast or, um, you know, lift a certain weight. And so I think that, you know, with social media these days and everyone, you know, and, and that being an, an ideal, a lot of people are chasing, um, that can be pretty negative, have a pretty negative influence with, you know, especially in the athletic realm. And so it's helping to educate individuals on like, what's going to, what's going to help them achieve their goals. And oftentimes it's not losing weight and <laughs> trying to magically get these six pack abs, you know, at the same time, or even if that's, that, that's, you know, probably not even a, a goal that they should be chasing after. And so helping walk through that patiently with, um, with my athletes and the individuals I work with. Yeah. And it can be tough, I think, cause you know, we go through our, I don't know, teens, twenties and hearing like these low numbers of how many calories I should be intaking and all of this. And all of a sudden then it's, you still have this number in your head. And so you become, you start training harder, you start doing more and you don't even consider the fact that like, maybe I need to eat more. And then when you're told this, Lisa, this is what I've heard from or see from people. It's like, it's like deer in the headlights when you, when they see this number of like, I need to eat how much. It's like, well, it's like when you see Instagram stories or reels of like a day in the life and it's like, here's how much I eat. And it's like, that's none of anyone's business to like, to really share that, you know, when, when I, and I, you know, I try to post some helpful information around like food prep, um, on my Instagram account and stuff, but I'm, I'm really mindful of like, you know, moment you put like measurements in terms of, you know, how big or small a meal should be. It's like, you know, people take those things so literally into heart. It's like, you know, you, your needs are going to be completely your own and dependent on so many different factors that are unique to you and should be personalized. And so, you know, yeah, like, you know, what, what someone else shows as their day in the life is, is, is not something to base it off of. And also when you said like, we tend to compare to what maybe our needs were years ago, I think also people tend to, um, do that for their weight as well. You know, I'll be working with a middle-aged, um, individual who, you know, is recreationally active and might be doing some races or events here and there. And he or she is trying to achieve, you know, also wants to lose weight or lose fat. 
and, you know, they're trying to achieve a, a body weight goal that, you know, they haven't, they haven't been at since they were, you know, graduated high school. So it's like, let's be realistic. Let's, um, with, with these goals and not trying to be the person we were, you know, many years ago, especially if that was, you know, a, a different phase of life, a different phase of training. Like, you know, I think we need to get step away from the numbers, um, and, and be a little bit more in tune with our bodies and, and, and use our body signaling as a way to gauge like, oh, I'm still hungry. I need to eat more or, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm full. I'm, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm satisfied. That's probably an appropriate amount. So like, how, how much should I eat? And it's like, well, are you, do you, when you eat this, you know, this meal, like obviously we can get into the specifics of composition of it in order to make it a more satisfying meal and make sure there's, you know, there's protein and carbs and fat and they're distributed in a way that sets you up for, you know, whatever you're looking to get into next, whether that's like an activity or training session, or you're just at work, but also like base it off of how you feel. Like if you're, if you're left still hungry, well, the, the point of eating is to, you know, is, is to nourish and satisfy and, you know, and provide energy. And so if you're not getting that in that it's a sufficient quantity, then we have to increase that. And, but I think people are really scared to like, they don't know, they can't, they don't, they're, they're scared to trust themselves. They don't know how to do that. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes, and maybe I'm just speaking from personal experience, like we don't realize sometimes how intense a workout might be and how much we may have really burned that day. Cause there's some days that I'm like, I know how much I've eaten. Like I keep track. Cause I know it's easy for me to under eat because of how much food I need. And there's some days I'm like, I'm well at like where I should be. I'm like, I'm still hungry. <laughs> like I need more food. Well, and we can't account, you know, all the fitness trackers in the world can account for, um, you know, they might, they might somewhat inaccurately, um, estimate, you know, the amount of calorie burn from a single workout session, but what we can account, what they can account for is the increased calorie burn, especially from strength training in the 24 hour period beyond, you know, that, that session. And so it's just, I, I think that there are individuals out there who, you know, um, might go off of my fitness pal caloric estimations, and then they submit their exercise activity. And so if they burn 400 calories, it adds another 400 calories. And I think that's just a, that's, that's just a, it can be a really detrimental way to looking at nutrition and exercise because it, 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 um, you know, brings about this thinking and this approach to food is like, okay, it's really like the earn, you got to earn your food. Like, oh, I don't deserve to eat this because I didn't work out hard enough. It's like, we all deserve to eat and nourish our bodies. Even if you're not doing anything in a given day, you still have nutrient needs. You still have caloric needs. And, you know, so I think that can just be a really harmful approach to um, looking at food and exercise. Yeah, definitely makes sense there. When working with, um, or just kind of thinking about like how much food we need, like for performance side of things. Um, but also like, I, you know, it's hard to break out of that mindset of, but I want to be lean. I don't want to be putting on weight. Even if your goal is to put on muscle, you don't want to be putting on fat. Like how do you help people really like break down some of that mindset stuff that comes along with like, we're increasing your calories so you can put on muscle, you know, and, and break and break past that, like, fear of gaining weight that may have been with them their entire lives based on whatever sport they were in? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's one of the, one of the things I really enjoy about 
um, doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and working with individuals, um, you know, just, just the two of us is that, you know, it, it allows us to closely monitor, um, and, and again, the strategy is going to look different for everyone. So, if, you know, working with someone who has a, a previous history of, you know, disordered eating tendencies or, you know, full-blown eating disorder, obviously like, you know, the, the, the food tracking and like, and day-to-day -day, um, monitoring of nutrition is, is likely not going to, is going to be a very different approach and that that will likely not be part of that plan. But for someone without that kind of background, um, you know, that's, I, I think closely monitoring, um, you know, a, how they're feeling, but like, you know, their intake, their distribution of, you know, macronutrients, of course, which can make us feel a lot and, and feel and perform a lot different throughout our day, depending on, you know, whether we're, you know, having a sufficient amount of carbohydrates or if, you know, or instead we're trying to implement some sort of high fat or low carb strategy or, um, you know, just eating sufficient amount of protein. But I think monitoring not only intake, but then also like how you feel with it. Where's your, where's your hunger at on a scale of one to 10? What's your, um, what's your energy? Like, how has your sleep been? How, um, uh, you know, what workouts did you do or not do? And I take all of that into account with an individual so that, you know, we're, we have that laid out so that, you know, if, and sometimes, you know, weigh-ins can be helpful with that in, in terms of seeing, you know, are, are we trending up or down? Um, but I think take into account, like, yeah, how is this individual feeling in their workouts and performing um, and monitoring all the other nutrition things? We can see, you know, if, if, if weight's increasing, but also proficiency in your workouts and you're, you're feeling amazing, well, it's likely that maybe a little bit of a bump in calories can lead to benefits, you know, improvements in performance, which can then therefore in the long run, reduce body fat mass. And so, and maybe that's less of a scale thing. Maybe it's more of like a body composition or like progress picks or, um, or, you know, a combination of using the scale body composition photos. If you're, you know, if you like, they have a lot of clients who can, like, I can tell them changing just by how I feel and how my clothes fit, but the weights, you know, the scale's not changing. I think it's just important. It's not always, um, it's, it's, it's so important not to get caught up in that number on the scale. And I, so I kind of hate that as like a primary tracking method for a lot of people, but I think we, we just don't really know to kind of answer your question more specifically. I think we just, uh, I think people think that they know what they eat on a daily basis, but unless you're like writing it out in a food diary, or perhaps you're using an app to track it, even if it's just for a handful of days, I think a lot of people are pretty much hands down. All my clients that I work with, unless they've been doing it um, consistently beforehand, they're like, oh, wow. Like I didn't realize that there's a huge gap between lunch and dinner and I'm not eating anything in there. And, you know, my workouts in the middle of there and I'm not fueling or recovering. And, you know, like I didn't, I didn't see that until I actually went through this exercise. And so I think like that awareness piece can really draw a lot of light into, you know, what, whether calories should decrease or increase, or we need to adjust or the timing just needs to adjust. So I think there's a lot of different approaches to take in order to understand what your needs are your, and to meet your goals, whether they're performance or, you know, composition oriented. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's take a quick break to talk about equip foods. Equip foods is a supplement line, but what I really love about them is their products are made with 
100% real food products. There's no fillers, there's no chemicals, there's nothing artificial in it. So everything that you are putting into your body when you consume their products is good for you. And they don't just have the normal protein and pre-workout type supplements. They also have products for decreasing inflammation, for joint health, for circulation, for all sorts of things that just help you be an overall healthier person. So go check out everything Equip Foods has to offer at equip, E-Q-U-I-P, foods.com. And at checkout, if you use code F-I-X-15, that is F-I-X-1-5, you can save 15% on your order. You can also get a link to Equip Foods and all my other partners at getyourfixpt.com partners. And now let's get back to our conversation. I think it's hard because we do watch, you know, elite athletes and it's like, oh, like you kind of mentioned us already. It's like they have the six packs abs and they have all of this. And I think it's important to remember or just talk about that. It's like everyone is going to perform their best at a different composition. Like I was just talking with a guy I work out with and it's like, we both know like we're never going to have that like super toned look because we know our body comp has to be just a little bit higher for us to perform better. Um, like both of us have dropped lower before and it did not go well. <laughs> and so I think it's important just to understand that everyone's going to be a little bit different based on, you know, they're going to perform a little bit different based on that composition too. And genetics has a huge, you know, plays a huge role in that. It's like, okay, sure. We could get, you know, you could achieve the six pack abs, but at what, at what cost, right? Like, oh, if that means I have, you, you know, you're perform, you're trying to ask your body to perform at its highest level, but you're not giving it the energy to, to do, to per, literally perform that work. But oh, uh, you, you know, you're lean enough or you can see some abs. Like, is that doing that? And that's where I really like I really like to focus in on like, okay, what is this individual's primary goals? And, and, you know, like, is, is it more important for you to, you know, look a certain way or are you really trying to perform and like, you know, win this race or you're trying to do this compete in this, um, you know, in this event. And so, you know, and then I, and I find that the aesthetic goals don't have a lot of sustenance behind them. It's like, okay, well, like, okay, for what, like, you know, Oh, just feel better about myself. It's like, okay, well, that's probably pointing to something a little bit deeper than, you know, than your lack of six of a six pack. It's probably more about, you know, we can probably develop this relation, you know, your relationship with your body and your, and the way you view food coming into your body and like, and, you know, and, and, your, and so there's like a lot more we could focus on to help you get to a better place than the, you know, the checkbox of having apps or not. So yeah, I, I definitely, um, you know, I, I think there's, there's so much more there than, you know, than, than what we see on Instagram and social media. And there's, there's so many people that are completely miserable. You know, we don't know the backstory. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, you see a lot of, you see a lot of photos of people from, you know, maybe in their bikini or physique competitions. And so they just, you know, a bunch of photos where they're super low body fat. And, and it's like, well, they've, they've, held on to that for a micro portion of their year. And then the rest of the year looks very different. And it comes with a lot of sacrifice and a a lot of, um, you know, in a a lot of situations where, um, 
they've just been completely miserable and unhappy and not a lot of energy to do much of else in their day. And so, you know, I think we just don't get that whole backstory um, all too often. And it can be really harmful for people thinking that that's just, you know, they're living their best life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's dive in a little bit deeper with things. And I know everyone's going to be a little bit different, but as a general for someone who wants to perform well, macronutrient wise, is there certain, I want to say like everyone needs to be following a certain like macro breakdown or anything, but other like any kind of just very general things that we can look at as far as like when we're planning our meals and snacks out. So when you have snacks throughout the day, depending on, you know, if you're, if you're your average Joe just at work and you're get hungry middle of the you know middle of the morning between breakfast and lunch, um, then your snack considerations are going to be different than, you know, someone, an, an athlete per se, who is, um, having a snack leading up to their workout session. And so, you know, a good rule of thumb is, is combining macronutrients. So, you know, instead of just having a snack, that's all carbohydrates or all fat or all protein, um, it's, it's combining, you know, two or more of those. So like having something with protein and carbs or something with fat and protein or carbs and protein or fat and carbs. Like, so just something where it's, it's going to, you know, off, you know, um, be a little bit more satiating. Oftentimes when we're it's just one of those areas, um, there's not, um, there's not as much variety and it's also just going to leave you feeling, I don't know if you've ever just had, um, just straight up, like, like a cracker, right? Some crackers, you could eat crackers all day as a snack and like not really feel that <laughs> cheese and crackers or like, you know, some meat and crackers or some fruit and crackers. Like that's going to, it's, it's going to be different. So, um, you know, fiber and protein are going to be two elements to a snack that are important as well. So fiber is going to keep us feeling fuller for longer. You're going to get those from your whole grains, your fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, protein is the most satisfying or satiating of all the different macronutrients. And we tend to, um, I think a lot of individuals, while there's a lot of hype around protein, so maybe it's not, um, as challenging for some people, I do find that a lot of individuals struggle with hitting, you know, their protein goals throughout the day. So that's like, for me, that's something I try to implement when I'm eating snacks so that I try to have a little bit of protein, um, involved so that I can make sure I'm hitting my target goals for the day. Um, but I think too, like, you know, so if you're an athlete or an active individual looking to have a snack leading up to, um, a training session, then you want to think about, you know, what the, what the intent of that snack is that that snack is going to be your most, your closest fuel source to your workout. And so you want it to, you know, you want to prioritize the main substrate or the fuel source that you're going to be utilizing in that session. So for most of us, especially if we're doing any type of, um, you know, workout above 60% of our VO2 max, um, or if you think about, you know, an RPE of six out of 10, it's probably going to be around that amount. So we're going to be utilizing mostly carbohydrates. So, you know, whether that's, and, and we also want something that's going to digest fairly quickly. We don't want, um, you know, a whole lot of fat in our stomachs as a snack, you know, leading into a workout, because it's it's probably not going to digest very quickly. Um, So, you know, quick carbohydrate sources are going to be great for leading into those workout sessions. Um, But, you know, if you're just sitting at work, then, you know, a slower digesting carbohydrate snack option would be um, a better choice so that you're not just getting that 
quick blood sugar spike and then, um, you know, and then that blood sugar falling back down and then you're hungry again for more. You feel a little bit of like an energy spike and then a crash. Um, so I don't know if that was helpful in answering your question, but kind of there's, there's a lot of factors to consider depending on, you know, what you're, um, when you're eating and in the context of your day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just kind of going a little bit deeper into the carb, um, part and you kind of touched on as far as your sort, your slow burning and fast burning, but like when we're talking just actual foods, like what sort of things are more of your short lived ones that we want to do before workout versus your longer lived ones that you might want to do more during the day. Yeah. So this is kind of a, a, a question about like complex versus simple carbohydrates. Yeah. I think a lot of times we think of like simple carbs as they often get the rap of like bad carbs because, you know, those are going to be things that are oftentimes high, high in sugar. They can be high in sugar. So, you know, a couple examples, um, would be, you know, like soda or sugar or lemonade or juices. So sugar sweetened beverages, um, or, um, you know, like a candy is definitely a, a simple sugar, simple carb. And this just means that your body doesn't, it doesn't require as much work for your body to break down. So when you're, when food doesn't take as long to break down, it's available, it's energy is available for use very quickly. And then if it's not going, going to be put to use, then it's going to be stored. Um, and, and that whole process is pretty efficient and, and pretty quick. Um, so you can imagine that if you're, you know, if you're just at work throughout the day and you're, um, eating some candy and, you know, you're just sitting at your desk, well, that's going to be, that's, that's a going to cause, you know, a pretty big, big, pretty high spike in blood sugar. And then, you know, might have a little bit of a dip, um, depending on how much you consume. And then because you're probably not, um, utilizing that energy for much, you know, in at sitting at your desk for the next couple hours, then it's going to be stored. And then if that's in excess of your calorie needs for the day, then, you know, that will be stored as fat. But, um, but for an individual who's about to work out like those quicker sources of carbohydrates are really important to get into the body, um, for quick fuel. So it really just, it, it really depends on the context of, you know, when those carbohydrates are consumed. And it's also like, you know, eating, if you had a packet of Skittles, let's say, and you consumed it with other foods, like that's going to have a different effect than just eating Skittles by itself, where there's no other food around it to slow the, you know, the digestion and absorption process. Um, now, of course, other simple carbs that aren't candy or, you know, sh sugary, uh, like, um, added, you know, foods that are, or drinks that are, have a bunch of added sugar can be like, you know, dried fruit or, um, like yogurt could be, you know, especially with, um, like, you know, fruit flavored yogurts, um, honey, like any type of enriched or, or like, um, bread products. That's not a whole grain. So, um, you know, just like your white flour products and bread products or crackers or, um, so, so those are other options as well. And so like for me, um, a good example of like a pre-workout simple carbohydrate might be, you know, having, um, you know, a piece of, of, um, or sorry, like a, like a graham cracker, right? So graham crackers are great, quick fuel source. Um, you know, they're not going to take very long to digest. I think unless it's, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like so, so graham cracker or like a piece of white bread with, um, you know, peanut butter and jelly on it, or, 
and, and it doesn't mean it has to be, you know, a, like a whole grain bread is going to take that much longer to digest. But these are just ideas to think about, like, okay, how, how soon is my workout? Um, or how, how soon do I need this fuel? And, you know, how long is my food choice going to take to digest? You want to make sure that you're not picking a, a very long digesting fuel source when you need it, when you're going to work out or need that energy in a short period of time. Fruit is one of those things where, you know, some like something like berries, which have a lot of fiber and don't have a ton of, of carbohydrates are going to be different than a banana that has, you know, quite a bit of carbohydrates. Um, you know, to, it's like the carbohydrate to sugar ratio is a little bit larger for something like a banana than it is for berries. So whenever, if you're looking for a quick fuel source before a workout, banana is going to be probably a, a better fuel choice or better choice than, you know, something that's very fibrous and has, you know, less carbohydrates to contribute. So fruit can be one of those things where it's, it's, they, they can play on the complex carbohydrate side of things, but also, you know, they have simple carbohydrate properties. Um, but anything with whole grains, like starchy vegetables, high fiber fruit, the, the, the more fibrous oftentimes it's going to be, um, going to be more complex. It's going to take our bodies longer to break down. That makes sense. Well, cool. Well, I know we need to be wrapping things up for you to get to the rest of your clients this afternoon. Um, just what are just maybe two or three, just simple takeaways for people who, um, like know they need to, or know they want to do something to perform better and aren't sure where to start? Yeah, that's a great question. I think identifying your goals and your why behind your goals can help you figure out, you know, uh, what steps you need to take to achieve them. So many people come to me and they're like, I want to, um, you know, I want to perform better. And I want, like, I want to, um, you know, I'm really trying to prepare for this event. Um, and I also want to lose weight (laughs) or I want to like lose fat. And so I think that that's, it's important to be like, okay, well, which one is your priority, right? Because, um, it's going to be very challenging to achieve both of those or probably impossible, honestly, to achieve both of those to the utmost degree when, you know, um, simultaneously. So picking, you know, choosing your, your picking your goals, but also understanding like what the why behind your goals um, you know, okay, I want to lose weight. Okay. Well, why do you want to lose weight? And like digging deeper so that, um, you know, when the motivation isn't always there, you have a bigger underlying factor that is, that is, um, driving you to want to accomplish that goal. Maybe it's to set a better example for your kids or so that you can keep up with your, your kids, or maybe it's to, you know, have more energy to give to, um, you know, to give to the people in your life that matter most to you. So I think it's like, identifying what those goals are and your, your primary goal, and then helping build, you know, an action plan toward that goal. And oftentimes like working with a dietitian can be really helpful in, um, you know, identifying what those action items might look like and then how to apply them to, you know, your own nutrition plan. But I think that's, I think people think that they just have to do this all by themselves. And, you know, the reality is like, I'm not a PT, so I wouldn't know what to do. You know, that's, that's not my realm. So I'm going to go out and get expertise from someone who can help me, you know, a- accomplish those goals. And so same with like, that's what the dietitians are here for, um, you know, to help individuals outline a nutrition plan and nutrition strategy to help them. Um, and it's, it's can be overwhelming or daunting to think about doing solo. Um, another thing, kind of like what we talked about with wrapping up, like if you, 
you don't know what your nutrition intake looks like over the course of the day, I challenge you to write it out on, you know, in a notebook and just to, with times and like what you ate and to be able to, at the end of the day, kind of stand back and look at it from a bird's eye view of like, oh, wow. Like I like in looking at this now on paper in front of me, I realized that that's, you know, maybe you just know right off the bat, that's not a lot of fuel or like, wow, I probably need to eat more than that. Or I need to fill the gaps of time a little bit better or, um, you know, because my performance hasn't been great. And then that leads me to like my third suggestion would just be start to become a little bit more in tune to your body and the signals and the signs that it's giving you, especially if you're someone who has performance goals. Um, and you know, like a lot of your goals are asking your body to do certain things. Like if you're asking a lot, there's a lot of demands on your body, but you're not being receptive to feedback, then you're missing out on a very value, you know, very valuable aspect of, of, you know, understanding what your needs are. So, um, quieting the noise a little bit, not getting so caught up in the gadgets and the tracking devices that tells everything, but more so like, well, how do I feel? Um, what's, you know, and, 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 you know, how's my, how's my, like, am I achy? Am I really sore? Am I, um, or do I feel amazing? Am I like bouncing off the walls? Do I, am I hungry? Am I not like, I think we've just lost a lot of touch, um, with ourselves and our, our bodies over, you know, the years and technology doesn't always help with that. So finding some time to, to quiet that and really, really listen. Awesome. I love that last, last statement there. Yeah. (laughs) So many aspects in life can be improved that way. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. Awesome. Well, Corinna, thank you so much for your time today. If someone wants to follow you, reach out to you, has questions, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, so I'm probably most active on my Instagram account. So CS coffin 13 is my Instagram handle. So feel free to message me there. I try to get back to everyone and all message requests. Um, but I also have a website, www.therdathlete.com. And if you are looking for, um, some nutrition coaching, I do offer, one-on-one programs, as well as I'll be launching a group coaching program here shortly. Um, so if that's of interest, you can apply to my, um, you can submit an application and I will get back to you shortly with that. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was a really great conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Brianne. I appreciate it. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of highly functional and had some great takeaways from it. If you'd like to discover more about the foot and ankle, you can check out runwithhappyfeet.com or check out my full website at getyourfixpt.com. And until next time, go out and be highly functional.